0: honor privilege and a blessing just to be here one thing that Brother Snow left out is the very people that I helped I was there and praise God I've got about you see math is not one of my fortes in uh, next month I will I will have about 26 years of sobriety and, and I'm you know, it's, now this is where I redirect everyone please do not applaud me let us praise God Amen. because it is his work in me you know um, My Bible says you know that greater is he that's in me and and that's a classic example so uh, I'm really grateful I see I see family up in here yeah family here brother sister Rose with their granddaughter family back there recording everything my team, part of my family here, that, that's so encouraging. So if I stumble over Brother Crowley, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Good to see you, man. you? God bless you. Yes, sir. Good All to right. see you. Good to see you. Well, what we want to do is really look at some of the stuff that happens to people who have been in this lifestyle. Um, I remember a lot of stuff that happened to me, you know, the insecurities, the, um, the fear the uh, especially the doubts and I struggled with that so what I'll try to do here is really bring some of this together some of this may be blatantly obvious but what we have to do is as they say in the rooms you know the rooms of narcotics anonymous and alcoholics anonymous is keep it simple, silly. I won't use that other word. I hate calling people stupid. So I won't call anybody stupid. But we got to keep it simple. All right. That makes it a lot more manageable. And that will also double in helping you to have the confidence to help the individual that needs help. So let's break this thing. What is this, this thing, this animal called sobriety? Sobriety is a pattern of living and thinking that is based on spiritual principles. Stop. Let me say right here, spiritual principles never change. They don't. But there is change that goes on. It is your understanding of those spiritual principles. So you're gonna grow just like the person you're trying to help is going to grow as well. Further. Uh obviously found in God's word. Now if we don't stay grounded, we're gonna have a problem. Right. Right. You know? What is it, Roy? Proverbs three, five, and six. Trust not. Amen. Exactly. But in all things trust God. So when you teach teach from the book some of which include trust, faith, forgiveness humility courage love here's a toughie perseverance the people that you're going to work with the best way I can describe them is they are going to be a piece of work (laughs) they are And you're going to see why later on in this presentation. You know, we got to have fellowship, service, commitment. Commitment usually is not an issue. That's why all of you got here, because of the commitment that's in you. Cleanliness, dependability, honesty, and of course, the last one, which should be first, love. We got to love these folks a lot of them know what lust is but they don't know what love is who knows the real definition of love Uh, amen now can you verbalize what love looks like in us Christ. Christ okay can you expand on that Amen. Our goal. Like him. Okay. Accountability. I meeting, people where they are. They will meeting people where they are. Okay. I see I'm not going to get the answer I'm looking for. How does God show us love? Who said that? Where, where are you at? Stand up, please. 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 See, what I was going to do was sit you in a present. Anybody that hands it, can get this God bless you. I tell you. The way I teach my clients, and, and please read that, it's got a lot of good information. Um, the way I teach my clients is this love is not a feeling. Not. It is a behavior. It's what you see people do. See, that's love. When you can give somebody something with no strings attached, that's it. You have no expectations. That's what we do when we go into the prisons, into the jails. We give them the word of God with no strings attached. Because some of them are going to struggle, some are going to stumble, some are going to fall. All right. Okay. The purpose is to identify methods and areas that require attention. Some new skills. Pro-social decisions. Do you understand what that is, that pro-social piece? That is having skills that's in line with the community that you live in. In other words, aren't we all law-abiding individuals? Who said should be? You are so accurate. Because I got two rascals over here. <laughs> but they law-abide. No. <laughs> but you know, that's it. You know, We should be bringing more value, enhancement, to the community that we live in. And that's what we want these individuals to do. After they come out of treatment, after they come out of jail, after they come out of other institutions, they need to come out adding value to the community that they're going to in. So this, uh, these decisions impact the five major life concerns. Of course, spiritual, then there's legal, There's the financial piece, there's the housing piece, and the medical piece. When we demonstrate love, it should affect all those areas. What are challenges? A difficulty in a job or undertaking? Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, these individuals come out and they start trying to live a sober lifestyle, it is very difficult for them. Very. There is untold fear. They have doubts. They have doubts that they won't even tell you about and you know why who said that? you already got a book (laughs) huh thank you thank you they just know that i can't trust you yes or the perceived control you know that's how people get in trouble Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody ever see the old program, the Twilight Zone? <laughs> that's where they that's how they see it. They see themselves getting ready to walk into the Twilight Zone. I can't do it like Rod Sterling, but that's close enough. So stimulating their thought-provoking, intriguing, testing one's ability to endure. They have to be able to stay the course in order to reap the benefits. Okay, let's start with housing. You know, the the presenter that was just in here, that young lady was awesome. She, She was. And this is one of the things that she talked about very briefly but she did talk about it is the fact that these people want to know where in the world am I going to live and what's it going to be like anybody remember how many of us live in houses remember just before you moved there and you wondered what it was going to be like how we gonna get this in there? I remember when I bought a house and was in an apartment, and I was like, my goodness, I don't feel like moving all this stuff. Remember that, Ken? Mm-hmm. This that brother helped me, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> I tell you, he, he did. He threw in there and, and helped out. And I got all my stuff in that house found out I didn't have no stuff <laughs> I barely filled up one room you know I was like man <laughs> but but we got there but it's the process of accumulating stuff and we don't even pay attention to how we accumulate so much stuff <laughs> you know and we wonder like where'd this come from Well, the same kind of fear, and if you add a good measure of anxiety, this is what happens to individuals trying to stay sober and move into this new lifestyle. You know, can I afford it? Big question, the one that I jumped over. Is it going to be safe? Safe has a unique definition. But a lot of times it is distorted because safe is laced with emotions. And that's where that fear comes in. Did I see your hand, sir? Yes, sir. Uh, what are the housing options where the housing most? Limited? You know, I'm not saying that to be funny, it's very limited. In Cincinnati, Ohio, one of the things that's characteristic of appropriate or transitional housing is the fact that we have what you call zoning laws. And what you have to do in order to open a transitional house is Get first the approval of that community council and that's in the inside the corporate limits of the city of Cincinnati once you do that then you can petition city council in order to get uh, certification so that you can have transitional housing if you don't do that they will make trouble for you Yes, mm-hmm. and that's that fear factor. Uh, they don't know who's coming into that facility. And they, their worst fears, the worst thoughts they can possibly have about any human being is out front. You know, and, and they're thinking about their own safety. You know, they've heard stories and, and innuendos about this, that, and the other. They see the news and that just fuels all of them. Now, what else is required? What about transportation? Because they got to work. Most of these individuals will end up at best on the bus line, at the very best. A lot of them walk, I'm telling you. And sometimes, that's the best they can do. You know, I said, um, I've been there and I remember having to walk to work myself. And I worked a third shift job, minimum wage. That walk was 3.9 miles one way. And then after working 8 or 16 hours, I turned around And I walked those 3.9 miles back to my home. So I understand the concern about this. What about the food? People got to eat. One of the things that we have found to be very beneficial is we have a food bank in cincinnati we send people there you know they they can go there as a matter of fact our congregation has a food bank and they can go there and get food because that brings that element of safety back to the individuals what about my basic needs so, toothpaste, deodorant, those types of things, laundry detergent, where will I wash my clothes? These are legitimate concerns because it impacts how the individual thinks about themselves. If I can't do all this stuff, man, can you imagine how I see me? Where's my self-image? Where is that? It's pretty low. What about the medical piece? We have people that have legitimate medical needs. Things like high blood pressure from years and years and years of drug addiction. How about diabetes from years and years and years of drug addiction? That's a scary thought. Can I afford my medication? One of the things that I've had the blessing to do is help people get medical cards through the uh, Jobs and Family Services so they can afford their medication. Then you have to teach them how to use that, how to manage medication, take it the way it is prescribed. And see, because we are so responsible, We just make the assumption that's what they're going to do. Well, they should know better. No. When you're working with people that recently left institutions, trying to maintain sobriety, please don't assume anything. Don't assume anything. You cannot ever tell them about the basic needs enough people have like dental issues Um, that's a fact of life they have to have access to dental services because believe it or not your dental hygiene will impact your basic health and you have to teach individuals that this is a challenge for them you know Back in the day, in the old day, when they were using and whatnot, something start hurting, they go get a drug for it. Or they act like, you know, they was watching a John Wayne cowboy movie or something. You know, go get me a bottle. I'll drink it away. Yeah, they will do that. Glasses. you ever see somebody that kept making faces at you? Did it ever dawn on you that maybe they couldn't see? One of the things that we we have to be able to do is make that kind of referral. Then there's something else besides the medical piece. That's the mental health piece. Folks will have to be hooked into mental health services. We don't know what these people are struggling with. We don't know if the institution has done an appropriate and accurate mental health assessment to identify whatever potential issues that might exist. We have to do that. You See, the purpose is to deal with the whole person, everything. What about financial? 93 out of 100 don't know what a checkbook is. They don't. They deal on strictly cash basis alone. That's it. You think they would go to the drug dealer and say, hey, let me write you a check. You know? No. You know, that's a paper trail. Now you got conspiracy charges. <laughs> They're not going to do that. What about the money management piece? Do they know how they live for today? That's it. So we have to get them to do some planning. You know, one of the scariest things that I said to an individual that was recently released, just, you know, trying to maintain a sober lifestyle, I said, "Have you thought about Establishing a savings account and the response was a what <laughs> the savings account I don't trust banks that was it that's why they didn't want to do that so we have to teach them the benefit of these types of things you know how to be on a budget you know what about further education that was mentioned in Previous session. Some will, most won't, because of that fear factor. What about things like, you know, people who are up in age, been in the institution for a while? What about Social Security benefits? I even had individuals who did not realize that they could still vote. Yeah, self-image, self-esteem. I've done this crime, I've done this time, so I don't deserve to vote because I'm a convicted felon. Unless we educate them and bring them up to speed, they're gonna keep thinking like that, you know? Let me ask you this question. Can you imagine on judgment day, Here you have been working in the field and whatnot, and you're standing before God. Let me give you a picture. Imagine this is the bottom of the throne, okay? I'm going to be each and every one of you. Uh, What did you ask me, sir? (laughs) And then the father, you hear his voice. Why didn't you teach them about social security? Uh, I was, I was kind of busy. <laughs> no, we have to think for them. You ask all those questions so that you understand where the work is. Don't assume anything health insurance, do these individuals have a credit status? Or do they even know how to reestablish credit? Well, how are they going to get their own apartment if they don't have credit? That's how we have to think for them. You know? We have to treat these individuals sometimes as children because they are not knowledgeable. What about the legal piece? We gotta make sure that they address that. They may be on probation, they gotta get to their PO so they don't get violated. They may have to have drug screens periodically. They're called random drug screens. We gotta make sure that they adhere to the conditions and the terms of that. You know? What about child support? That's a scary thing. Some people run off because they owe so much. Talked to a young man. I said, well, what about your child support? He said, I don't want to talk about it. I said, man, we got to talk about this. You know, because it's not going to go away. He said, Reg, I don't want to talk about it. I said, well, how come? He said, I owe $60,000. And that was insurmountable to him now he was in his 40s i told him i said well you know what i'm gonna pray that you live to be at least 90 because by then you'll have it paid off (laughs) but i'm trying to get him to laugh a little bit so that he has the desire to tackle this thing then i asked him the real perfect question don't you think your children deserve this? I don't care how little it is, that you are bringing something to their life. Breakthrough. That's where we made the breakthrough. He said, you know, I hadn't thought about that. because I was still so angry at her because she got the child support order. I said, it's not about her. It's about your relationship with your children. And then there's that ugly thing called restitution orders. Some of them get saddled with that. That's a tough one. You handle that just like the child support of uh, paying back something that you took from someone. Yeah. You may have, uh, the individual may have um, stolen property. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's all kind of things. Okay. The spiritual piece. Yes, sir. Is there any way or any institution that can bring all of your payments together with a reasonable amount. Because if you've been incarcerated you come out and you have restitution charges, child support, and on and on and on. And you just don't know how to pay all of that. And it looks like the courts going to see the right back to prison if you violate any one of those. So is there any way that all of those payments can be involved? where whoever you're paying, they'll send this little increment, this little increment to all of those places where you can rest your mind and say, I'm taking care of what the court has asked me to take care of, and they're not going to throw me back in prison because I'm not doing this, 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 and that? Um, In the state of Ohio, the answer is No. And that's a very sad situation. It really is. Uh, Because nine times out of ten, the person can't get a job to make enough money to make all the payments. Uh, But there are, praise God, a few compassionate probation officers, parole officers, that will suspend for a certain length of time certain things until they get on their feet. But they have to petition the court in order to do that. So what they will do is they may like say, you don't have to start paying restitution. Let's say you get out today, Today is June 11th. Uh, You don't have to start paying until one year from now. And, And they will delay that. And I, I I have worked with a few probation officers that were able to do that. Uh yes. But I know she waived the parole until I got a job. It was supposed to be forty five dollars a month, and she seen what I made, and she made twenty-four dollars a month. Officer. Probation well, probation is um uh before the conviction, parole is after the conviction. Yes. I'm uh probation officer federal when you come to your restitution of the federal system while you're in prison if you work, they'll take Like she was saying, if you're not working, you can That's a lot for the person to have to face coming straight out. Let's see. Let's go. This is one of the reasons people act the way they do. And why they relapse is the issue of trauma. Every individual who has had chemical dependency issues has been a victim of trauma. Every last one of them, including yours truly. No, the trauma doesn't go away it's about learning to manage the feelings and the thoughts associated with the trauma that's why they won't tell you much of anything that's why we see individuals all tight-lipped you know that's why we see attitude you know we see what I call defiance resistance. You ask something, they push back because you have just opened the door to trauma once again. Well, what is this animal called trauma? Let's read it. It's situations that a person witnesses or experiences that involve extreme suffering. Think about your own life. You've seen some stuff. I remember seeing a terrible, tragic automobile accident where this guy was t-boned at this intersection. His passenger was ejected out of the passenger side, came flying out of the truck, sliding across the pavement on the side of his face and his right shoulder. I still remember that. That messed me up. I was about 14 years old. God was working with me then. I just took off running to see what assistance I could bring to him. You know? That was another human being. It says, uh, actual or perceived injury or death to others or even themselves. When a person feels like they're getting ready to die, that's a lot. That's a lot, you know? What else does it say? The immediate responses to the trauma, that's what we're talking about, can include, of course, fear, helplessness, and interference with a person's daily living. This explains why people act the way they do. That stuff hasn't been dealt with. That's why if we remember when we looked at the medical piece, it was mentioned that there is a need for mental health attention. We don't know if medication or just therapy or being in group sessions, we don't know what, what is required. But we need to be able to address that. We need to make the appropriate referral. Trauma usually defined as situations that a person experienced. Didn't I just say that? I think I was up around twelve forty doing this particular slide. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> but we see that is um, that's how important it is. That's why I put it in there twice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I knew what I was doing. I wasn't traumatized. <laughs> Here's some forms of trauma that people will go through. Number one, community tra- trauma includes predatory violence, violence from personal conflicts, uh, experienced as victims or as a witness. You know, we see people getting into it. You know, the neighborhood fight—that's trauma. You know, people get hurt. Complex trauma: exposure to multiple or prolonged traumatic traumatic events, such as uh, individual in maturing as a child growing up. It might be some physical abuse in the family. You know, uh, maybe Junior gets a regular weekend beatdown because Dad is alcoholic. You know, or he's got an older brother that's angry at the parents but he's not going to do anything to the parents so he beats up his little brother regularly yeah you know um it's typically psychological abuse physical sexual and domestic violence that's some stuff that's really difficult to face how are you going to tell somebody that you were sexually abused in your own family you won't tell them That's why we have to be able to make the appropriate mental health referral. Get them an assessment. Okay, other forms of trauma. Well, we said uh, domestic violence. Uh, Actual threat, Uh, previously in uh, intimate relationships. Sisters usually experience this. That domestic violence piece, it usually happens By way of a close family member, a boyfriend or husband, or a former boyfriend or a former ex-husband is usually the perpetrator in domestic violence. Medical trauma, reactions people may have to pain, injury, or serious illness even medical procedures how many people in here love going to the dentist <laughs> that's trauma <laughs> you all you got to do is hear the sound of the drill and you'd be like no <laughs> you know give me a couple of advil it'll go away you know but but that's trauma but the thing about it is some people have had certain illnesses and the pain was so excruciating that they never ever wanted to go back and revisit that again. So they don't go to the doctor.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. Yes, sir. You know, like say, so I've been in institutionalized in and I've been in sobriety for almost nineteen years.
0: Yes, sir. Amen. And
1: my experience is if you focus on the problem, the problem increases.
0: Yes, sir. If you focus on the solution, the solution. Yes, sir. If you're, if you're,
1: you're paying at all personal attention, look for the divine appointment at the dentist's office. You might not dread the dentist's office. There it is. If you're, yeah. if you're trusted, if you'll go back to your opening statement. Yes, sir. If you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and may not to your own understanding. Come and on. And you'll direct your path. Mm-hmm. Money is not our job. Come on. Money is our service. Absolutely. Exchange, it's love, it's service, it's mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So we are going to trust in God and put
0: first things first and not worry about tomorrow. But mm-hmm. well, Let tomorrow worry about itself. That's right. That's what the book
1: says. Right. We right. the kingdom of God and his righteousness. By Amen. We're right mm-hmm. worried about all this unknown stuff. Mm-hmm. Quit manufacturing our own misery by being scared to death of what might or might not take place next week, next month, next year,
0: and trusting God for all our needs. Yes, sir. For, if we'll keep close to Him and perform His work
1: well by doing it the next right thing, just seeing what happens. So we can tell people that they've gone through all this stuff so they can become what God created them to be and to endure hardship as discipline so they can learn how well, to overcome all this other stuff and, and try, to, try to put some faith into them and let them know that they don't have to live on a basis of unsatisfied demands because we paralyze the spirit and mm-hmm. God didn't give us that spirit of fear okay,
0: mm-hmm. thank Amen. you so much, thank you so some people are traumatized by natural disasters how many people have been through a real severe thunderstorm that lightning to get you you know, not to talk about tornadoes and hurricanes. What about earthquake? Anybody ever been in an earthquake? Unsettling it.
1: Think about an earthquake, mm-hmm. we're used to the ground being solid. Yeah. When you've been in an earthquake and you see that ground
0: liquefaction, mm-hmm. it's it, it unsettling. You walk down the sidewalk, you feel the sidewalk moving, and it's not even moving. That's right. That's with your mind. That's right. Okay, what is the answer to the many issues that trauma can bring to an individual attempting to develop a sober pro-social lifestyle? Where's my brother at? My brother already answered that. Yes, he did. He saw my presentation. I didn't know it, you know. But I am so grateful, you know. We got to do that.
1: That's right.
0: You know, we got to trust God. And we have to teach, we have to teach, we have to teach the individuals we're working with That's right. to trust God. Show sure. them. You know, and we use our own lives. You know, I tell them, like, I've been where you at. You know, look what God did for me. He took me from homelessness. Drug addiction picked me up, dusted me off, propped me up, fortified me. I became a a licensed counselor, you know, working in programs, running programs. That's God. That wasn't me. That's not me at all. Can we address these issues that may have remained hidden for so many years? I'll answer that, yes. But you gotta remember one thing, it's a process. It's a process. The most important thing is to establish trust and communication in that order. Because you may have an episode where the person comes in, and they don't want to talk. You have to trust and show trust that it's okay for you to come in here and not say a word until you're ready. That's all you got to do. I got one minute. Okay, we, I think we just talked about that. That spirit of forgiveness, encouragement, and patience. If we look at these scriptures, it will bring us all the answers that we really need. It will help design an approach for us. We got to start thinking differently. Remember this. I remember early in my counseling career, an individual that mentored me said, Reg, you don't have to have their answers. They already got their answers. Allow them to discover that. I thank you so much. I think I got, what, 14 seconds to say goodbye. And uh, I'm so glad you all are here. If you have any questions and you see me out here, please feel free to ask me. i got one more piece of free information. I saw your hand. I saw your hand. She said give it to me. Oh, my (laughs) God. Okay. um, I will have some other giveaways probably tomorrow. And uh, just thank you so much. God bless you